Hello and welcome to the Broken Spines at the End of the World podcast. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, in case you don't remember us at all, I wouldn't blame you. My name is Ellen. My name is Sarah. And we talk about books on here. Um, yeah, well, life happened and um, we fell off the bandwagon. Yeah, life happened. <laughs> we fell off the bandwagon, sounds so we went into some sort of deep addiction hole or something. But we just. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> just to make that clear. <laughs> it sounded very dramatic just there. But yeah, life has been living um, intensely lately. Yeah. I've actually been sick for most of it, which sucks. You have been really sick. Yeah, people don't do don't do autumn around around little kids. <laughs> around children. Um they carry all the diseases. It's not fun. <laughs> but I was told that from now on I'm just never gonna get sick again. So um let's hope that's true. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean on the upside on one of the spells where I was sick, I read a lot. That's good. And then on the other one, I read absolutely nothing. So, Yeah, um, I got COVID in September. And since then, I've just been exhausted. I mean, I was tired before that, but that just kind of drained me. And I still don't really feel like I've recovered because it just sent me spiraling, to be honest. Um it was just too much and my mental health suffered a lot because of it just everything was just too much so other than that I'm not really sure what to say <laughs> I've, I've been struggling people hi everybody how are you <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that many people have been struggling because um the world's a crazy place right now so uh, yeah also COVID's like I don't know what it's like where you are but over here COVID is on the rise big time oh we're heading doing into quite winter okay, I think yeah no we're having quite an increase on especially older people apparently are getting more and more COVID again is it like intensive care cases too no or just no no, no. In general? it's not very intense um in terms of the progression of the illness just uh, yeah. a lot of people are getting infected again yeah we had that in september i think like when school started again for us mm. um everyone got sick <laughs> me too so yeah <laughs> look at you just being one of many <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the only time i fit in is when i get covid uh yeah the only other thing that I have, like, I, I made some notes, people. I am... She is prepared. No. I'm I, on prepared. the other hand, am not. Literally just pushed my dinner plates into the sink and then turned on the microphone. That <laughs> That is all the preparation I did. Well, the only other thing that I wanted to mention, because I've been talking a lot about it, and then, like... I, no one cares, I'm sure, but I just wanted to clarify because 
I did say that I wanted to do NaNoWriMo. And I didn't end up doing NaNoWriMo. Um, mm. I decided that now is not a good time to put more pressure on myself. Also, apparently, when you're in a um, cycle of stress, it is impossible to be creative. Something I've learned from talking to a therapist. Um, I didn't know this was a thing. I always thought that it was just me. But apparently, when you're stressed out all day, every day, it is literally impossible to be creative. AKA, in my case, write. Um, I have tried. I sat down one evening because I felt really good and uh, had a lot of energy all day and did all of my work and was like, yes, I'm feeling so inspired. And I sat down and I was like, yeah, I'm going to write. So I opened up my laptop, opened up the doc and just stared at it for 20 minutes before I decided that it wasn't going to happen. I love how you had one day of energy and your immediate reaction was, let's spend it all. Why save? <laughs> oh, no, we don't save. We no, apparently go. no. We just, we go like, oh, oh, let's let it out. <laughs> now no, there's energy. Not the smart choice, but no. uh, we, yeah, it's living and learning over here. Yeah. It's fine. And, and since then, I've just given up on it altogether. Um, I have been writing, but more just writing down ideas as they pop up um try to catch them and save them that's fine um, though like first of all there's going to be more novembers to come oh yeah definitely for more nanorimos to do if you want to and well, that... i think for the writing process there's always phases where you write and then there's phases where you rest and then there's phases where you just read a lot of other people's works or find inspiration mm -hmm in wherever you do find your inspiration and you sort of collect that. Um, I think it was V.E. Um, Schwab, I heard once talk about that, and she calls it refilling the well mm -hmm. when she just doesn't really work too much on her own projects, but reads and takes in a lot of other stories and art. I think all of those, all three stages of the process are important. I think so too. Um, so the plan for now is to try and rest. Try not to overthink everything. Um, like stick to the things that I have like on my priority list and not put more work on top of the work that's already there. I'll just do stuff that I enjoy doing, <laughs> being Uh, reading and playing video games right now. Uh, I fell into a Stardew Valley hole and I never want to look back because I love it there. I have my own little cottage and I'm growing lots of vegetables and fishing and not talking to any of the other like townspeople because who wants to do that? The game keeps reminding me that I have to give people gifts so they will like me. And I'm like, nah, we don't need people to like us. Yeah. Hello. 
I'm just gonna stay here on my farm. Yes, be a hermit. Yep. I think that that's a good plan. So yeah. Yeah, I'm doing very similar things. Like I don't play video games because I don't have the patience for video games. But um, I am definitely in a resting phase. Life has been very busy lately. And there's always like, I need, always need adjustment to the busyness. Other people maybe not have, don't have that, but I, I need time to adjust if things change. Um, it's a bit annoying, but that's just how I work. And yeah, so I'm not writing anything at the moment. I do like, I write a poem here and there when I feel like it. Um, but mostly I just, I rest as much as I can. Mm-hmm. which is it's also the season for that let's be honest winter yeah. is the time where you rest and you know go inward slow down the sun's not around anyway so what's the point we're like little bears <laughs> going into winter <laughs> sure <laughs> yes but we do have candles um and books in our caves so you know, we're bears with glasses, basically. I'm saying bears because um, there's this um, there's this store. I have no idea what they sell, but they're called like John Lewis, I think, in um, the UK, I think. And they make a Christmas advert every single year. And every single year I cry <laughs> watching them because <laughs> they are so like emotional. And there's one from like 2013, I think, if I remember correctly, um, that had Lily Allen sing Somewhere Only We Know. And it's about a bear and a rabbit and they are friends. And the rabbit realizes that he's going to have to say goodbye to the bear while everyone's celebrating Christmas because the bear won't be there. He'll be asleep. Smart bear. Um, Avoid the family gathering by sleeping. (laughs) I can only recommend you look it up on YouTube. I showed my kids and we all cried. Just cried and cried and cried. Yeah, it was very... uh, It was um, a bonding experience. (laughs) That is so cute. We all cried over the bear and the rabbit. And how they're friends and they can't spend Christmas together. And it's so sad. (laughs) I don't see the sadness. I see a smart bear going to sleep. (laughs) I I fully concur. You go to sleep, guys. Go to sleep. Um, All of that means, of course, that we are not currently riding on our shared project either. No, that one is paused until next year. Um, but next year, full force, um, we're going to come back and work on it. Yeah, we have lots of ideas, but no spare creativity or energy to work on it right now. So we're going to None. let it rest for a bit while we rest too. And then we're going to pick it back up. So yeah, that's how the past couple of months have been. <laughs> um, we did did get some reading done though so that's like the good side of it 
we're refilling our well by consuming amazing books in some cases. Some, yeah. Not all, to be fair. A lot of meh books in there, uh, Yeah, too. but uh, those, those uh, we consume those too. That's fine. So we're just going to go through what we've read in the past months. The meh books we're just going to mention in passing. The ones we enjoyed, we're going to elaborate a little bit. Um, do you want to start or how do you yeah, want to do sure. this? Let's start with a bang um, <laughs> because I've read a very good book. Yay. I'm sure most of you have heard of it probably. Um, or maybe not. I don't know. In my bubble, everybody has heard of it. But then again, it is a bubble. So um, it's called I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. It mm-hmm. is a memoir. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jeanette McCurdy is uh, an actress. She was a child star, uh, one of the Disney kind. Yeah. Um, most famously, I think she was in iCarly. Yeah, the blonde as, girl. Um, the blonde one, the sassy one, the violent one. Very cliche. Um, as we know, Disney Yep. They don't do anything else but cliche. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is her memoir about how she's really glad that her mom is dead. And it sounds harsh, and it is, and it is so justified. Um, I really, really recommend consuming this book by audio, because mm-hmm. the audiobook is read by Jeanette herself. And it is done so well um she writes about her childhood especially the entire time she spent with Disney and everything always in relation to her relationship with her mom Mm -hmm. and it is heartbreaking um because I'm pretty sure nobody's surprised that being a Disney child star is not a fun life um it is very unhealthy mentally and physically mm-hmm. and she is not afraid of telling us and her mom in this entire process of her becoming a child star and staying in the industry and getting further in the industry while at the same time growing up um her mom has been a very, very toxic influence Mm -hmm. because her mom was a very flawed person with a lot of problems that she then also projected onto her daughter. And it's especially heartbreaking because iCarly was something... For me, it was a show that I watched not... Not really as a guilty pleasure, but like almost a guilty pleasure. Mm -hmm. Because I was probably considered slightly too old to watch that show. But it was so whimsical. Yeah. And silly and funny and childish that it just, it let me be a child. Mm -hmm. I remember watching it, it, but I don't have any like concrete memories of it but I know I watched it I remember watching it 
And it brought me um, joy and peace at times. And um, it let me be a child. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, it did the exact uh, the exact opposite to her yeah. as the actress, which is really sad. Uh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, but the book is written so well as well. Um, she writes about all these heartbreaking things. Um, her life, which is, yeah, just horrible. Um, but she does it with a lot of humor, which is a coping mechanism, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it's fun to read. <laughs> it sounds horrible, but it really isn't. Um, like she knows that herself, that it is a coping mechanism, but it also is entertaining. Or de- yeah. what makes it more entertaining than just depressing. But yeah, if you've always wondered what it's really like behind those fake smiles, um, Read Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mom Died and you'll know. I have it on my TBR. I'll get to it at some point. Yeah. Tell me when you do. Because uh, then we can discuss and gush <laughs> and be angry together. <laughs> okay. Are we taking turns or how yeah, are we doing this? I'm not, I'm not talking the entire so time. Long. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, I read nothing for the first couple of weeks of September. You're really not contributing to this podcast, you know. Oh, oh, I have things to contribute, though. Um, I started things, but, like, didn't get into them. Um, and then I got COVID. (laughs) And I was hit hard. Um, and I read two books while I was laying in bed. The first one was I'm Thinking of Ending Things. And I've forgotten who it's by. Ian Reid. Um, it's classified as horror. Um, I guess it gets kind of creepy. I was definitely creeped out, but it's not like... It didn't give me nightmares or anything like that. Was that the goal? I'm quite squeamish as it is. No, no. You going into this book? No, 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 no. no, no, no. (laughs) You were like, I'm sick. I need to feel horrible in other ways. No, 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 no. No, No, I wanted to feel um, invested in something. Mm. Like I wanted something to make me forget that time was passing. So I read this one and I really enjoyed it. Um, And then it got to a point, like it's not a very long book. It's about this girl who is um, driving with her boyfriend to meet her boyfriend's family. They live, I don't know. the horror part? (laughs) It could be. Um, They live quite remotely and... Like, from the get-go, the vibe is just off and weird stuff happens. Um, I think about halfway through, something is mentioned, like a picture is mentioned. (laughs) I think that's all I can say without spoiling anything. And that's when I realized what was going on. 
So for the second half of the book, I was just along for the ride, looking for clues. Um, and I think having caught on then kind of spoiled it for me in the end. Because by the time we got to the end, I was so used to the idea of what was going on that it did not, like it didn't do anything for me anymore. Like, I'm not sure like maybe it was because it was such a short book but it felt like everything wrapped up quite suddenly and very fast <laughs> mm -hmm. like suddenly it was all over and I was like okay uh yeah I did enjoy the journey but I wasn't too um impressed by the destination when I reached it so I felt a little bit let down. Um, but overall, it was a really, really good story. Like, I would recommend it. It had been on my TBR for a long time. So I'm glad I finally got to it. I had heard of the book. Like, I've seen it around, but I didn't know what it was about. And from the title, I just always directly assumed suicide mm -hmm. I always thought it was about someone deciding to end their life but mm -hmm. then you told me it's about ending a relationship and I was like what what <laughs> we can end other things okay that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um you don't sound what's the word you don't sound too excited about it though so I'm not really I was excited while I was reading it that's why I'm still like recommending it I was excited about it when I was reading it and it did make me forget that time was passing like I was mm, fully invested that is but then the ending was a li little bit too abrupt um, like it didn't really flow nicely I mm. felt like um, also I saw it coming so I mean maybe you won't see it coming and it will take you by surprise I don't know maybe I am a bit dim-witted sometimes <laughs> that is not what I was trying to say <laughs> okay let me tell you about a book where I was um, invested and I was very surprised that I was invested actually mm -hmm. um, it's Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garber Stephanie Garber is the one who wrote Car Caravan ah uh, yeah or something They're like the circus is it a circus book I think so I haven't right? read it me neither um but she's very very famous uh it's but uh this is her newest series and um the first book is called once upon a broken heart i have no idea what the series is called um and it's it's fantasy it's ya it's fast-paced and it's fun and it's light mm -hmm. like it was an easy read it was a fast read and um it was just fun um it's about this girl who has um she lives with her stepmom mm -hmm. and her stepsister after i think her father has died something like that and then her boyfriend is suddenly engaged to her stepsister and she's like oh my god no he's cursed he would never do this to me because men would never um and then she goes and calls upon a fate uh-huh 
to help her with her um, break the curse, stop the wedding, something like that. And the fate yeah. is this guy who is very famously brokenhearted. And he, his entire life, like fates are in immortal. There's a bunch of them uh, in that world. And his curse is that he lost the love of his life because she decided, no, thank you. And um, now any girl he kisses dies because only the, his true love, he can only kiss his true love of without the, her dying because mm-hmm. of course. Um, yeah, it was very much just entertaining. Very entertaining. Well, and then I finished good. it and um, I realized that this is a series because yeah, it did not end. And then I googled and the day before the second book came out, so I imme- immediately read that one too. <laughs> the, se- <laughs> the second one is called The Ballad of Never After, and it was th- the same, like different <laughs> but the same. Um, it was very fun. I highly recommend. It was very, very cool. Um, yeah, he constantly eats apples because he's an okay. asshole, and there's a uh, curses put upon people and taken off and some vampires show up at some point because of why not and it's very fun it is very fun I can't wait for the third one is there a link to the Caraval series or are I have they two no completely idea. separate things oh, okay. I have no idea because I've not read the Caraval series so I have no clue I maybe there's maybe. Easter eggs or something. There's nothing that I went like, oh, what is this? I don't understand. Oh, yeah. This must be something other. But mm-hmm. maybe there's links, maybe there's hints, maybe there's Easter eggs or something. I have no clue. Maybe it's blatantly obvious and I just missed it. But yeah, no, I don't know. Well, if you haven't read them, there's no way you could know. So if you don't feel like you missed anything. Yeah, I'd have Googled anything, but... Uh, cool. Yeah. It's very fun. I have no idea when the third book is coming out. Um, probably not all that soon because that was like last month. Yeah, will probably be next year or something. So yeah, but it's very. <laughs> oh no! It was very good. I had a great time. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah, and the writing was pretty, pretty good. YA because I read uh, quite a lot of YA actually during these past two months um, because I, I did not have the energy for anything hard hitting so it was like hey I have some YA on my shelves that I'm like slightly interested but not really all that invested in and I've been thinking about just reading off my shelf the books that um, I will not want to keep once I've read them Mm-hmm. like I, I'm interested I want to read them but I'm probably not going to keep them around so I read a bunch of those I don't think and I've the read... writing can get very tiring uh-huh. but Stephanie Garber was uh, very very nice very nice I don't think I've read a lot of YA this year I just haven't like found the right ones but since you like those so much Maybe yeah read <laughs> read once upon a broken heart 
And maybe I will. <laughs> I recommend. It was very fun. Um, I don't know if my next one is like YA or if it's already like new adult or adult. Uh, it's If We Were Villains by ML Rio. Is no, that that's adult? more like Dark Academia. Oh, that's another thing. That's another. That's uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not YA. It's um, new adult, I guess, but not in the sense of. I think uh, oftentimes new adult is just connected to smut. Yeah. And it's not yeah. that. But it no is like college students. It's very much dark academia. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it definitely is. Um, people link this one to The Secret History by Donna Tart a lot. Uh, haven't read that one, but bought it because I want to read it at some point. Um, so I can't compare them yet, but I will be able to at some point um this one if you follows, just yeah. quickly if you want my recommendation don't read the sacred history right away because i read if we were villains uh -huh. and i absolutely loved it and then i read the secret history not right after but maybe with a couple of months in between or something mm -hmm. and it did not hold up to the hype for me yeah, that's because I for. compared it so much to If We Were Villains. And in mm. my eyes, If We Were Villains is just way superior. Well, I really, really enjoyed If We Were Villains. Um, it's about this group of um, theater kids. And they study at this prestigious school where they um, deep dive into Shakespeare's work. Um those are the only plays that they study. It's all Shakespeare. All Shakespeare every day. Um, so the book is filled with like Shakespearean quotes because they use them to talk to each other too, which is so fucking pretentious. But I mean, I loved it. <laughs> I looked up every single quote, wrote down what play they were from, like the act, scene, everything. You are um, such a nerd. I, I love am it. such a nerd. But see, it is very much dark academia because <laughs> dark academia is always pretentious little snobs. Uh, and there's was... always fucking Shakespeare. Oh, you just wanted to take both of their heads and just knock them together. Just knock some sense into them. They were just yeah. awful. Um, anyways, the story starts out with this one guy who was released from prison. Um after having, I don't know, sat out his sentence. Um, and they say that he killed someone, but he says that he didn't do it. So then you go back in time and you see what happened. And I mean, again, I wasn't completely surprised by what happened. I saw it coming. I think it's pretty hard not to see it coming, but I mean... Yeah, I still enjoyed it. Just the drama. <laughs> I really love the atmosphere of that book. There's yeah. a lot of late night by the lake and yeah. late night by the fireplace in like mm -hmm. the slightly dusty, moldy, but still pretentious little college house that they live in. And you just, you feel it, you smell it, you are there, you, you are sitting on those cushiony chairs yeah. and you're like, yeah, totally. I got that reference for sure. And it's so much fun. 
there's one point like they they do act out the plays of course um there's there's one point where they do Romeo and Juliet um I don't I don't know was it like for around Christmas or something I don't remember and like all of the other students from the other departments and the other years are invited to this ball like this masked ball so they're all in this huge room and then those um kids they start playing the play in the middle of this crowd like the crowd is part of it even though they don't know that they're a part of it they like the actors just walk through the crowds and start doing their lines <laughs> and i was like what that is so cool i i would have loved to be there like that kind of sensation that's what it gave me so yeah i really really enjoyed it but as we have established i am a nerd and i like these kinds of things <laughs> it is really really good though like the moment you read it you also you want to be a theater nerd mm-hmm. um because it just sucks you in and you're like yes this is the life let's murder one of our colleagues <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i really love that one it's still on my shelf somewhere i'm thinking of maybe rereading it at some point yeah well, I have to read The Secret History first, so I'll probably read that somewhere next year. Start of autumn. Mm. That seems like the perfect time for dark academia books. Yeah, it's that cozy fireplace vibe we're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see, what else did I read? Tell me. Like I said, I read a, a bunch of uh, YA. I read like 12 books in, in October or something just because I had a lot of time not leaving my bed um, because I was sick. Um, it's disturbing how many YA books are about people whose siblings or best friends had just killed themselves and it gets so tiring after a while you're like another one great (laughs) like I get it I would have loved these when I was a teenager um because life is very dramatic Mm -hmm. um and they are still very good now when you're 30 and you read about dramatic teenagers being in despair and not seeing a point in life and you're like yes I get you but after like the third one, you're like, whatever. <laughs> um, I did read My Plain Chain, which is by three different authors. I don't know all their names, actually. I'm sorry. I could look I it up. I know that one but... by name, but... Um, they do like a retellings of classics. Yeah. But with a little twist, and My Plain Chain is um, a chain air retelling, but with actual ghosts and... Like, instead of Charlotte Bronte being the writer, she is a character within the story that also is writing down the story because she's obsessed with stories. And then she can also, Jane Eyre can see ghosts. Cool. And she has, like, a ghost bestie. And it it is just, it is weird and is so much fun. And they wrote a bunch of others, um, which I might read at some point too. I did not think I would like this, but I liked it very much. Um, it, it was very entertaining. Really, really cool. Was it predictable? Yes. 
but still um it was a great twist i think uh yeah that i've read some fantasy that was okay-ish but not amazing um i read Ooh, i read two books on cannibalism <laughs> okay um because why not actually only after i finished the second one i was like oh that was the second one this month <laughs> it does that make me weird um but yeah the first one i read was mother for dinner uh by shalom auslander i have no idea if that's his real name like if that's his real name that is bonkers but yeah shalom auslander which auslander in german means for means foreigner Mm-hmm. Um and it is a very fitting name for that book, so I don't think it must be. I should have really googled that beforehand because I have no idea. But <laughs> like I said, I chucked my plate into the sink and then I sat down. I am not prepared. You are doing fine. <laughs> the book is so much fun, though. Um, it's about this guy, and he calls himself Cannibal American. Mm-hmm. Because he's an immigrant in America from the motherland, from the old land, from the island where his, him and his family and his ancestors come from, all the cannibals. Okay. He doesn't know where the island is. Uh, <laughs> nobody really knows. But he's cannibal American. And uh, he tries to fit in with normal American society. He does not disclose to people that he's cannibal American because he's ashamed of his, his ancestry. And um, he doesn't speak to his mother anymore because his mother is uh, a character and not one of the healthy ones. Um, she is obsessed with um, her cannibal heritage, her ancestry mm. and her culture, which fair is her culture. <laughs> Um, but to a point where she was worried that the cannibals are dying out, so she has to provide new ones uh-huh. by birthing them. And only boys, because only boys can take the name further in the bloodline. So girls are useless. She needs boys. So she decided she wants 12 boys. Yes, um, you do. And she told her husband, listen... You got some work cut out for you because um, we're going to have 12 heirs. And so he agrees and they start and she decides that the kids don't need names. She can just number them. So there's one and two and three and four. And the main, our main character, he's uh, number seven. And when he's a few years old, his little brother dies, number six. And the mother is devastated because that means she doesn't get 12 children. So now she needs 13. And then she gets a girl at some point and she calls her Zero because the girl is useless. (laughs) And yeah, so that's the gist of the mom. She's a very strange woman. Does he call himself number seven? Yeah, that's his name. He calls his sister Zero. He calls his brothers by their number. They don't have names. Like when he introduces himself to like a normal American, does he say, hi, I'm seven? We don't know that actually, but I think so. I'm not sure if that was portrayed. It's very, um, 
the story is very much from his perspective, mm-hmm. um, inside out, and mostly in his head. He's very introverted. He doesn't really talk to a lot of people. You don't get a lot of interactions with people who are not his family. Um, because the story starts out with him receiving a call from his mom that she's dying. Mm-hmm. Um, because she feels that she's dying. There's nothing inherently wrong with her. She just knows she's dying. Mm-hmm. So she started eating uh, cheeseburgers, I think. Some sort of burgers. Interesting choice. Um, because... Her, their tradition is that when a mother dies, their children will eat her. So she's fattening up for when she's dying so that the kids have a lot to, to eat. Disgusting. <laughs> don't, don't judge their culture. I'm sorry. So, yeah, it's, it's him um, receiving that call and then calculating how many burgers she's been eating and how many burgers she could possibly eat. And... Um, she wants him to come home and he really doesn't want to go home. But then, of course, he does anyway. And and it's all his siblings are there. And then you get the family dynamic of them all not really wanting to eat the mother, but the mother really them wanting to eat her. And and um, she's very spiteful, too. Do they eat her once she's dead or are they cutting pieces off when she's still alive? No, no, no. The tradition is she dies and then they eat her. Okay. That's slightly better. Yeah, she also assigns just... body parts to like who can eat what. Ugh. <laughs> and she has reasonings for it too. It's so good. It's so good. It's so spiteful. And just when you picture a spiteful mom, mm-hmm. that's her. Okay. Through and through. Um and it's not that much happens. But it's a fun ride while you're in it and yeah it's him struggling with not wanting to live out his um, heritage but at the same time wanting to live out his heritage like he yeah. he, he he lives his life to all the rules of the cannibals he just doesn't want to do the actual cannibalism mm-hmm. which is very interesting mm-hmm. And then I read another book on cannibalism because once you start, you don't stop. Um, it is called Tender is the Flesh by, I forgot, by Sarah Moses. Okay. I forgot that we share a name, but um, I only saw that after I read the book too. Um that is a very common name, though. I know, I know. It's you can't be surprised all the time when other people are called Sarah. I am a little, though. You're like, this bitch stole my name. <laughs> no, I'm like, you, me. Like, are we twinsies? <laughs> <laughs> well, you both mm. seem to like cannibalism, so... No, I just read about it. <laughs> but you like both the books, so... Oh, yes, I did. Tender is the flesh I liked even more than Mother for Dinner. It is so good. Like, it's really gross, um, but it's so good. It's about um, a futuristic world or, like, technically a present-day world, but where um, animals have contracted a virus Mm -hmm. that kills people if you eat animal 
flesh. Oh yeah, they carry the virus. Yeah. So humanity decided to kill all the animals. Okay. And then just raise human cattle because okay. they they still want to eat meat. Yeah, but they can't isn't, eat isn't pork option. or chicken or cow or something. So they just raise humans, and then, um, well, the gross bit is that they're very. Moses is very detailed uh-huh. when she describes the production of the meat, the factories and like the process and the cutting and where and how, especially you cut meat and everything. And it is, it is really, really, really gross. Yeah, I do um, want to know. <laughs> uh, but it is a, such an interesting commentary on our society and the way we we deal with our resources and we deal with mm-hmm. um, the meat industry and what we let yeah. the meat industry do and just ignore because pork is tasty. Yeah, um, and they're just animals. Exactly. They are just, quote-unquote, just animals. Um, At the moment, it's humans. Then suddenly they're like, oh, this is inhumane, but it's okay to like slaughter a pig and slaughter a cow. The thing is, in this book, they don't do that. What? Like, they don't do what? There is this weird distancing from humans as people living oh, their yeah. lives and humans as cattle. There's this one scene. Um, it's not a spoiler, I think. Like, it's, it's a tiny spoiler. But it's not for the overall story, it's not that important. But there's this one scene where one character is um she's just been cooking and asking everybody to sit down. And then someone is making some remark or joke about eating people, and she's like, We're not savages, we don't eat people, but she's literally just served human meat mm-hmm. for lunch. And it there's such a disconnect, yeah, because the ones are raised as cattle and they don't see them they're as not people, real people, but the others are people, but they're you know all of them are just humans, and they have they keep talking about um oh, I don't remember what they call them, like there's a difference between the ones that they raise as cattle and the ones that used to be people, but then they decided. We're going to eat those now. Oh, okay. That happens too. It's that not happens. just... Like, that was oh, the okay. beginning of the process because... The, well, the story... I haven't really told you what the story is about, have I? The story is about this one man and he is the son of um, a butcher. Mm-hmm. Like, his father had this huge factory, meat factory, back when they were eating animals. Mm-hmm. And... The sun has now taken over this factory, but now they're producing um, human meat for the free market. And through his experience of like going to work and dealing with some private things um, that will be the actual story, um, you you get to know how it all came to be from from our world now, where we eat animals and we raise animal cattle and 
slaughter it and then sell it um, to where they are, where they do the same thing with humans. Mm-hmm. And like the, the whole process in between, um, he sort of recollects through memory and explanation to others and things like that. And it cool. is... Not gonna read it though. A lot. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> it was really so interesting. Um, the bottom line is people are horrible, and I did not eat any meat for about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've come back to the dark side since then. I'm sorry. <laughs> but people are horrible. That point still stands. <laughs> yeah, people are horrible. Yeah. So it's not if you have a. Um, a nervous stomach maybe it's not for you but it's very oh, I, very good books i highly recommend i'm glad you enjoyed it i'm um, not gonna read it <laughs> yeah we should all be vegans just okay the, away from the meat talk what have you been reading uh how many do you have left that you want to talk about because you read a lot more than i do no i think i've mentioned most of them oh maybe one okay um I'm going to do two, and then I have two left. Um, one that I started during my quarantine, but only finished a couple of weeks later, was Devotion by Hannah Kent. Um, she, I think she wrote Burial Rites. Yeah, I was just thinking that yeah. because I was looking at that yesterday. Which I loved. Um, I read that one quite a number of years ago. Then I bought her second one, The Good People, and I read about half of it. And then I just, it it didn't do it for me. And then my friend Amy, who I know through Instagram, who lives in the United States of America, told me about devotion and how amazing it was. Like, seriously, seriously? she was just raving about it she loved that book so so much um i still see it pop up from time to time on her instagram so yeah she's still just as much in love with it as when she just read it which i love because sometimes your thoughts on a book like sort of mellow out after a while but she's still raving about it so if that can be like that's that's enough of a reason to give it a go I think um that's why I gave it a go (laughs) it's um it's a sapphic romance kinda um basically it's the story of a young woman who falls in love with another young woman um as they travel to Australia with their old Lutheran um, group slash town um, because they're not allowed to worship as Lutherans in Prussia. So they're colonizers? Yes. Hmm. Very interestingly, they do not see themselves that way. What a surprise! they, (laughs) They do like look at the English and go like, hmm, that's weird. (laughs) 
but they have been banished. So it's okay for them. Um, so they were I did... like... Yeah, what were you going to say? Refugees? That's how they feel, yes. Is that how they... Are they though? Like, what's your opinion? Know. Well, I read a story from the perspective of a girl who was being prosecuted for her beliefs and put on a boat with her entire town um, having to sell everything and just take what she could take and spend the trip to Australia in horrible circumstances um, and then got there and things just didn't really pan out the way they thought they, it was going to so... <laughs> I mean, yes, maybe, but of course, that's the story that you that you get to read. Like you read it from her perspective. Of course, she's not going to look at her and her family and her friends as colonizers, like in her eyes. Yeah, but she's also not going to Australia to like free savages or something. Like that's not her intention. Or is she going there to spread hey. the? Words they have been Luther. promised land where they can worship freely. By whom, though? By who have they been promised land? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, by the government officials or something? The British? No, no, no. Uh, I think like the Prussians, um, the ones who are forbidding them from... Oh, okay. So they just like, keep... Okay. Worshipping. Interesting. Yeah, but there are links to the British for sure. Like, it is complicated. I mean, all of those things are complicated because I wasn't there. I base myself on the information that I get now. And when I look at it, I'm like, hmm, you may think that you have a right to that land, but do you really? <laughs> um, there are little, like, only a little reference to like the um, indigenous people like they pass through the land from time to time but there isn't like a comment on them and I kind of wish that Hannah Kent went a bit deeper into the racial struggles um, but she kind of just skimmed over it and stuck to the story that she was telling which I guess is fine um, but I feel like she could have just gone a little bit deeper. Um, so yeah, this this girl is uh, traveling to the other side of the planet. Things happen. And all I can say without spoiling it, this is what Adi LaRue tried to be. <laughs> um... Yeah, if this book had given like its 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 way of handling invisibility to Addie LaRue, that would have been a perfect book. Also, the writing in this is spectacular. <laughs> like it's beautifully written. Like I wish I could read you a little bit, but I don't have it on me so I can't but it was very lyrical like 
almost like poetry at times. It was absolutely beautifully written. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it's about love and family and loss and disappointment and jealousy and all the good stuff. So, yeah. Don't ask me why, but the other day, I randomly thought of Adi LaRue. And then I why? felt, I, exactly, why? And then I fell into like a mental rant about <laughs> why. <laughs> I was so disappointed. And at some point I had to stop myself and be like, why are you, why are you being angry all by yourself for no reason? No one, no one prompted this. You didn't even tell me? No, I didn't. You had a rant by yourself? In my head. It was very psychotic. I was so angry though because <laughs> I should have called you, but you know all the reasons why it's bad. So uh, anyway, I did that. All right. Well, but I'm glad uh, you found one that's better. Yeah. Well, it's well. I really liked it. I really, really did. Um, but halfway through, something happens, and that sort of slows down the entire story. And it really took me a while to get back into it after that. Because the thing that happens sort of sucks all of the conflict out of the story. Mm. Um, and it was really difficult to convince myself that it was still worth reading. Because, I mean, this won't make any sense because I don't want to spoil it. But... Um, there was no way that anything could happen beyond that point. If you've read the book, you'll understand. Um, I still do recommend... Why do people keep texting me? Shut up. You are so popular. It is my husband. <laughs> well, I'm glad he likes you. <laughs> yeah, well, but my phone keeps vibrating and I don't know if it will pick up the noise. Hmm stop um so yeah i do recommend it just for the writing alone because it was beautifully written um yeah i don't know what i would have changed though other than like the going a little bit deeper into like the racial struggles and stuff like that um like the story itself i'm not sure what would have made it better because there's nothing like the choices that she made of where the story was going, like that that one point that changes everything. If you change that point, it would change the entire story. Like mm. it would be a completely different story. And that's not what she wanted to do. So there's, no, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know what to think about it, but I did like it. So yeah, um, and then I didn't read anything. Well, I did read stuff, but like little bits, like Dutch books for review and like little graphic novels and all that jazz. Um, and then the first book that I read that really grabbed me was a nonfiction memoir called Wintering by Catherine May. Again, I, I can't tell you how long this one has been on my radar. I think 
at least a year to a year and a half. Like the moment it was published, I think it was published somewhere last year. And from that moment, it has been on my radar because、um, it sounded really interesting to me. It, what it does do, is <laughs> not what I thought it was going to do, but it's fine. <laughs> like I got over it pretty quickly.、Uh, basically, she tells you about her experiences of taking a step back when she was going through hard times.、Um, she also interviews people about their acts of wintering,、um, such as like. Going to a sauna, and like the entire concept of saunas, or living through like the winter nights, like when the sun doesn't rise above the horizon, like in the Arctic and stuff. Yeah, the polar nights. Yeah, so that was really really interesting, because people have very specific ways of dealing with that sort of thing. Um, I think you need to find specific ways on how to deal with that. Because yeah, how to keep going. Yeah, it must be very tough, even on strong mental health people, like people who are strong mental health wise. It must、mm-hmm. still be tough if you don't see the sun for like weeks. Yeah, yeah.、Um, and then it's it's her act of wintering. For example, she goes、um, swimming in the sea because she lives by the coast、uh, every day, even in winter. Um, or it's like during winter, she goes and swims every day, and it's like the act of making yourself get into the water, like taking that step to get moving, takes an insane amount of willpower.、Um, and she does it every day. Like she has a friend, and they do it together, like to motivate each other. Um. So yeah, I thought it was going to be more like this is how you, uh, like wind down and like bunker down during winter. But it was like her experiences and stuff, and she's a great storyteller. So I loved reading about her life. It's very interesting. Now are you going swimming in the sea once a day? <laughs> It's well. I don't live by the coast What anymore. What was that noise? <laughs> I I don't、mm. feel compelled to、um, dive into the sea. No, I have、um, like a couple of years ago.、Um, my husband and I and a couple that we're friends with, we rented a mobile home and drove up to Scotland and to Sky. Uh, an island off the coast of Scotland, and we visited the fairy pools.、Um, if you don't know what that is, Google it because I can't really explain. It's like a series of little waterfalls and pools that you can jump into if you want.、Um, and when we got there, we weren't really sure, <laughs> but we were camping there. Like we'd put our mobile home on the. Parking lot, and we were going to stay there. So we were like, you know, we should just do this. We should just jump in because we can just go back <laughs> to our home and change into our PJs. Like it's fine. We're only going to be cold for a little bit. 
this was uh, the middle of October and the water was ice cold. Um, but we did jump in. Like We took off our clothes and jumped in like in our underwear. <laughs> Just jumped in. Um, it was freezing, but it was an experience. <laughs> so, I mean... I'm not a huge water person. I lived by a lake, like right next to a lake for several years. And I didn't mm. even jump into the lake once a day during summer. So you won't be catching me doing that in winter. Um, I have spent a couple of winters in Sweden, like up north above the Ar- Arctic Circle. Mm-hmm. And um, because everything is frozen and it's very cold and pretty dark all the time. Um, they have this tradition that we, I mean, saunas are huge, right? Everybody has a sauna. You're going to the sauna all the time because it warms you. Um, and they have this, this tradition that when you are in the sauna, you go outside, you jump into a hole in the ice of the lake. (laughs) (laughs) And then you go out again and back into the sauna. And I was like, no, I am too attached to my life to do that. Um, yeah. apparently it's very refreshing, but I can, yeah, I I'm also an anxious person. So I'm like, what if I get under the ice? Like uh-huh. I would have to be really dumb to get there. But still, I was like, no, I don't trust myself enough. And I don't trust any of you enough to actually do that. So no, thank you. I'll just do the sauna bit and not the dipping into the ice hole. But that's oh. a lot of people do that. Apparently it's very good for circulation. Good for them. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah, no. Um, maybe one day. We don't know. But not so far. Never say never, but... Not immediately. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> okay, I have two books left, so you go first. All right. Um, yeah, I have two, two. Two, two. To do, to do, to do, to do. One just very quickly. So it was not as it was a bit of a letdown, to be honest. Um, it was Cemetery Boys from Aidan Thomas. I, I was really can ex- see the cover, like in my mind's eye. Yeah, very brown. Yeah, like the background of the cover is just brown. I was like, <laughs> not my favorite color. Um, I was very excited for this book to come out and then it came out and I tried reading it and I didn't get into it and then I left it on my shelves for mm, two years maybe three years I don't know how long it's been it's been a while it's been a while yeah and now I finally read it and it was not as awesome as I wanted it to be um it is about this I think he's a Mexican kid um he wants to um, live up to the tradition of the family to be able to raise the dead mm-hmm. on uh, Dias de las Muertos mm-hmm. to like talk to the ancestors and everything and um, only the men in the family can do that and uh, the women are healers there's like very gender based uh-huh. talents that you get and for him it's very important that he manages to raise people spirits from the dead because he's transgender and he's very scared that um the his family does not accept him as a full man because he's transgender um 
so I really liked that aspect of the story. I liked the the coming of age ish, I guess. Yeah, finding I liked yourself. The friend dynamic. I left the like the family dynamic. Um the story itself was a bit of a drag. Um the the conversations in it they are meh. Like I kind of like the main characters, but I don't love them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like I like their dynamics together, but I don't love them. It's like him and his best friend and then this boy he accidentally raises from the dead. That it was not the one like there's I think his cousin went missing and he's trying to find out the whole family is looking for him and they're trying to figure out where did he go? Is he, is he, is he, did he run away? Is he missing? Is he dead? And finding out if he's dead is easiest by raising his spirits. If a spirit comes, clearly he's dead. Um, So our main character tries that, but then he accidentally raises the spirit of some other boy um, who used to go to school with him. Is also very handsome and very popular. Of course. And then there's like a romance aspect and it's very cute. Um, but it's not as gripping as I wanted it to be. Mm. And the dialogues are a bit cringy at times. Uh-huh. You're like, yeah, teenage boys are teenage boys, huh? Um, but yeah, it's cute and it's fun and it's... Um, yeah, I like the the theme of Dias de los Muertos. I like that it's a person of color as our main character, our main heroes. I think everybody's a person of color. I'm not sure. Um, I really like that our main character is transgender. The story itself is just not as awesome as I hoped mm-hmm. it would be, and the writing is not as awesome as I hoped it would be. But it is a solid read. So I do kind of recommend. Yeah. That was a very long rambling for just mentioning it in passing because actually I wanted to talk about Lani <laughs> which is completely different um, Lani by Max Porter uh, Max Porter he wrote Grief, Grief is, is a Thing, thing with, with Feathers, feathers. and yeah. that book oh, such a good is like a tiny tiny knife that is right into your heart mm-hmm. because the book is teeny tiny really is probably not even 100 pages um it's a slither of a thing and it just hits you where it hurts and lani is a bit bigger is novella sized i'd say um and it is about this unnamed village in england um that is filled with the regular village people Mm. like you have uh, the Karens, you have the gossiping ones, you have the old people, you have everybody. Um, and our main characters are a couple with a young boy, a son. And the son is very peculiar. The way it reads, it reads a lot like maybe he's autistic. Mm-hmm. It's never really named. It's just he's very peculiar. Um, and the entire story is the parents trying to connect with the son okay. in like their different ways like the mother has a very different approach than the father and the at some point the mom 
asks this very famous painter who lives in the same village, who is sort of friends with them, if he would uh, teach Lani, her son, art. And he's like, I'm not a teacher. I don't know how to do that. You can't teach art anyway. Um, but he meets Lani and he likes Lani. And he's like, okay, if he just wants to come by and we hang out and we paint, that's fine. That's cool. So they call it an art lesson. And she drops Lenny off there all the time and they, they paint together and they become very good friends. And um, the whole village, like everybody knows everyone. And everybody knows Lenny. Um, and everyone has like a different connection to Lenny. And then at some point the boy goes missing. And you see that friendly face of the village turn. And it's so well crafted. Mm. Like that shift in atmosphere is so well done. Is is it going to make me cry? No. Yeah. (laughs) You do cry easily. So maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, it is not going to make you sob like okay. grief is the thing with feathers did because that had me crying like the entire night after I read it I think um, but it's very well written Lenny um, and I think you would like it hmm. but it's not it's not as heart wrenching okay I don't know why, but right, I just thought it's actually quite similar to Tender is the Flesh. <laughs> like, not at all, in a way, but in in how how the author manages to so accurately describe humanity mm. and how we function at the core, mm-hmm. I think they both did that excellently. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about picking it up. Who knows? I, I think you'd like it. I think you would. <laughs> well, I did really like Grief's thing with feathers. So if his writing stays the same, if he just has that way with words. It is not yeah. as um, poetic as Grief is a thing with feathers. Yeah. Because but that I one think... is a lot... Um, is um, a lot of the time when you read it, you're like, is it a novel or is it poetry? Yeah. Is it somewhere in between? Um, Lani is way more on the novel side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the poetry thing just really fit well with Grief is a Thing with Feathers. It's like its own very thing. Very much, yeah. It adds mm-hmm. to that very dreamy state of um absolute despair yeah when you're going through the grief right um and here you don't have that that dreamy atmosphere you don't have that disconnect to reality mm-hmm. um which in a grief of the thing with feathers there is no connection to reality whatsoever while you no, read it you right. just float in this state of um emotion yeah where there's no f- physical world somehow 
Mm-hmm. And it's whoever's not read it yet, go read it. It will crush you. Yeah. It will be hard. Make sure someone's around. But it's absolutely It is so beautiful. good. It is so good. Yeah, it is absolutely beautiful. But yeah, Lenny, I highly recommend. It's very good. It's not, don't go into it expecting the same. No, 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 no. Um, But it's very good. All right. Yeah, back to you. Okay. So I have two left. Um, The first one is Into the Wild by John Krakauer. Speaking of dreamy state. (laughs) Not at all. This was harsh reality no i feel very dreamy to me when i read it no (laughs) did we read the same book yes (laughs) um yeah this is a new favorite by the way uh Mm. this book just swept me up my feet um i started reading it i never wanted to put it down um i watched a movie many many years ago and I'm glad that there was a lot of time and space between the two because the movie is just like a fragment of the book it's funny because for me it's the other way around I read the book maybe five years ago Mm -hmm. five or six something like that and I watched the movie I think last month Oh, really? Yeah, just a couple of days or maybe weeks before you texted me that you're reading the book. And I was like, oh my God, I've just watched the movie. Great soundtrack. Um, Nothing compared to the book, story-wise. But still, very good movie. Yeah, they are two separate things. Um, In case you have not seen the movie and not read the book which is completely fine. This is a non-fiction where John Krakauer, who is also a journalist, um, is diving deeper into the death of Chris McCandless. Um, When Chris's body was found in an abandoned bus just off the Stampede Trail in Alaska. John was asked to write an article about him, and he did. He wrote a very lengthy article, and he says that that article has been the article that generated the most response and just people wanting to say their piece or just uh, share their thoughts on it he says no other article that I've written has ever generated like that amount of feedback and it went in a lot of different directions like some people said that the boy was just an idiot and you know that he was overconfident that he had too big of an ego that he didn't know what he was doing and then there were other people who said I kind of understand why he went into the wild like I kind of understand why he didn't want to be a part of this honestly society. that's that's what I kind of meant when I said it was dreamy because mm-hmm. I had both of these voices inside my head while I was reading and especially after I read the book 
I was like, oh my God, he really was sort of an idiot because well, basically he I decided he wants to go into the wild and live away from society off yeah. the grid. And he did that at the beginning of winter, knowing shit all about Alaska um, with just some knowledge about wild herbs and plants that he can eat and stuff. So in in on one side of my brain, I was like, that is so many stupid decisions that led to where he ended up. And on the other hand, it was it was this spirit of adventure and of 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 breaking out and um, turning your back on society, and for a long time surviving the way he did as well. Mm-hmm. So it was inside of me. I was very torn into. He's not a he like he is not to be put on a pedestal. Oh, definitely not. But still, there's something shiny about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. So it all felt that. very unreal. Um, I just really like how this book is structured because you know where it's going. You know you're going to end up in that bus. You know, you know from page one where he, in short, explains what has happened, and then you get um, the two years leading up to that moment. And then he also adds in his own experiences because he is um, a mountain climber, I guess. I don't know if that's what he called himself. I don't really really remember. But he likes shares this moment where he was um, himself put into danger by himself because he had put this thought in his head of this thing that he was going to do he was going to climb this one mountain like this ice mountain um, from the direction that had not been climbed before and it was such a stupid thing to do and as I was reading that part I stopped I turned to Dan my husband and I was like "You, you have to hear this just listen to this and I started reading it out loud because the way he tells it just makes you want to grab onto your chair. <laughs> it is the writing so I remember was really well good, but that exactly is that that um, divide, right? Like you mm-hmm. read it and you go like, "Oh my god, this is gripping." You're like on your toes. Yes. And then he overcomes obstacles like um, yeah. Krakauer and Candless um, yeah. overcome their obstacles. And you're like, oh, my God, yes, you're with them. You are proud of them. You feel their relief and their joy and their ecstasy for having overcome what tried to kill them. And then you have a second pause and you remember that they put themselves in the situation where the mountain or the river or whatever was trying to kill them you're like oh wait no you're kind of stupid still yeah and it's that that those both emotions at the same time it was it was a ride I really really liked it there's so much more that I could say about this book like honestly I never want to shut up about it I was just blown away by it blown away by it it's so so well written 
I have uh, another book by Krakauer. Um, what is it called? I don't remember. It's about um, rape on campus of this specific American college. Okay. It's um, like reports on it and everything. Um, it's very different theme, obviously. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very different story. But I wonder if the writing is going to be gripping too. I'm kind of scared to start it though because of the topic. Yeah. I really want to read, but I can't remember what it's called. I think it's Into Thin Air or something, where he talks about like climbing, is it Mount Everest? In like the disaster year where so many people died on that mountain. Um, yeah, just just purely for that one chap or two chapters where he talks about his own experiences and just the way that he puts it into words is just amazing like he has such an amazing way with words so yeah that that one's on my list because <laughs> it was at this point where i realized where i had been going wrong for so long <laughs> Because I had been wondering, like, why don't I love any of the books that I'm reading? Like, I like them. They're good. I can see what's what the writers are trying to do. Like, I appreciate it. But I don't love them. Like, why? I just want to fall in love with a book again. And I did with this book. And I realized that it was because of the descriptions of nature. So I'm going to try and read more books about nature next year and see if uh, if that's actually like the direction that I should go in more yeah. often. Yeah, so f- see, for me, that's cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard no. of like other books about cannibalism. I really? will look them up. I will give them to you. I, that, like, that might not be healthy. You, you Honestly, you. no, no, I think I'm good for now. Um, many fathers fall into my lap I might read them but maybe they will just push me to finally commit again to being vegetarian (laughs) Um, maybe I never should have stopped (laughs) Um, yeah but talking about future reads um, it is currently I have one left. You have one left. How much does she read, ladies and gentlemen? I does she even do yesterday. anything else? <laughs> oh, don't don't go there again. Oh my god, if you could see the rage in her eyes right now. I, it's I constantly feel like I have to also show me doing the dishes and the laundry and picking up my kids from school you should, and helping you should with post, their homework. Honestly, you should be like more more a transparency on Instagram and post things like your dirty toilet and your dog poop or something just so you go like look I don't just read I also look after my kids and my animals and I am a normal person sometimes I sleep like not much obviously because how selfish of me (laughs) okay tell us what did you read um I finished the parable of the sower oh of course by Octavia E. Butler yes Another one that had been on my TBR for a long, long time. Not going to say too much about it because I'm still processing. Um, Again, this wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was in a way, but it didn't go as far as I 
thought it was going to go. There's a lot of walking in this book. Um, and then the end was, again, quite abrupt. Like, suddenly, like, they're going somewhere. And then suddenly they're there. And I was like, wait, <laughs> when did this happen? <laughs> like, what did I miss? Um, so that was a bit of a weird choice. But, you know, it's her book. She can do whatever she wants. Um, this is... <laughs> well, not anymore. Well, not anymore. <laughs> she, I'm sorry, she died. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, she passed away. Um, this book was written in... Or published in 1996... And it takes place, like the start of the book takes place in 2024. And then soon, guys, soon. Yeah. By the end of the book, we're in 2027. So time does pass in the book. Um, it takes place in America. Society has collapsed. Um, soon, guys, soon. <laughs> um, the main character, Lauren, lives in a walled what do you call it in English like, like a dead end street cul-de-sac a cul-de-sac yeah I yeah. think they call it that because they yeah, appropriate the French language <laughs> yeah cul-de-sac um, they had, have put a wall around it and they live like as a tiny community um, but they are constantly under siege because there are a lot of people on the outside uh, who are envious and think that they are rich when they really are not. But like, they live in this walled community. How can they not be rich? It's uh, like people coming be. into Switzerland and asking me if I'm wealthy. I'm like, no, like, no. <laughs> I just live here, and everything is expensive. Um, yeah, everything is expensive there too. Uh, it hasn't rained in three years. Water is really, really expensive. Food is really, really expensive. Everything is really, really expensive. There are no jobs, no prospects, no future. Just Fun. awfulness. Yeah. And um, so that, there's that part, like the dystopian part of like society collapsing. And then there's the other part, which is religion. And I mean, I, I knew about this before going in, but it still caught me off guard of... Uh, like how much religion is in there because Lauren's dad is a minister uh, like Baptist church and uh, like they go to church and stuff like that that's they are baptized <laughs> and like all of that jazz. can't relate but sure but it does nothing for her because she has can't relate the truth. <laughs> yeah. well not to this next part I don't think okay, well maybe we'll see um she finds a new religion and she calls it Earth Seed. Like Earth Seed. Um, and the destiny of Earth Seed is to go to the stars, like seed themselves among the stars. And she's like, You can think of heaven. And it can be like this this thing, you know, when you die, you go to heaven. She's like, I want my like future generations to be able to go to heaven, like get on a spaceship and go to heaven. 
very like it physical. Is a, it is a thing. Yes, um, all of her like uh, verses and everything that she writes are very logical. Like God is change, everything changes, so God is everything. That kind of thing. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. I didn't quite remember all of her verses. Um, but yeah, she starts um, writing down the verses of this new religion. And then as she is walking, because something happens, of course it does, um, she finds new people and they form this community. They learn to trust each other, which I really liked. Um, yeah, there's so much more to this story, but I don't want to really go into it. So you're um, saying you don't see me start my own religion? I, most definitely I do. Right. Um, but not necessarily to go to One the stars. One where we I physically think. go to the stars? No, because I'm like, where do we land? Those are hot. I mean, you're already scared of like water. Also, like, sometimes I get dizzy in elevators. So I think space flight is just really not yeah. in the cards for me too much nothingness for you i think no i think too much shaking i would puke all over <laughs> and i do not well when i'm nauseated <laughs> well you could start it and then the future send the others go. Mm, yeah. that is by that time you're dead anyway so oh, that's good that sounds nice you can just start it and then they can carry your my legacy with... into the yeah. stars yeah have everybody know my name. Yeah. Sarah. One of the, merry, one <laughs> one of of the, the many. many. <laughs> what a plan. Yeah. So yeah. I um, heard... There's another one. The Parable of the Talents, I think. Is it a successor? Like, is it a uh, prequel? Or... It's a sequel, a sequel I, think. I mean. Yeah. And then I think she started writing a third one, but never finished it. Ah, uh, is that the one that she didn't end? Yeah, she died. Yeah. I've heard so much about Octavia E. Butler that apparently all her books are awesome. There's always a bit of sci-fi and a lot of social commentary, mm -hmm. especially racial commentary as well, like on, on slavery and racism. And, yeah, there's a lot of um, commentary on slavery in this one too. Yeah. And I've never managed to pick one up yet. I well, do have Kindred, I think, somewhere, and I did get that one as well because you were... Um, gushing about it and it sounded yeah, awesome um, yeah so one day yeah, I'll I'm read one of her books goes. so I will definitely read the next one not right now though I have too many other things to read <laughs> well yeah there's a bit of a plan in our future yes. when it comes to reading um, because the year is ending mm. um, I mean you have some goals I think Right, I you want, want to read reach... 50 books, yeah. yeah. I'm at, wait, 32, 33? I don't really 30, do... Uh, 43, excuse me. I'm 43. At 43, look at you go. You could yeah, do yeah. that. Um, yeah, so maybe I'll join you with your goal because I don't really have goals of reading a certain number. Um, I technically always try to read more than the year before because I'm a greedy bitch. Um, that is definitely not going to happen last year I have no idea uh, last year it wasn't very strong year either last year I read 56 no 65 sorry German brain um, 65 books in 21 
I think maybe 2020 I read a bunch more. The most I've ever read in one year has been 99. So technically... Insane. Yeah, mentally I was not doing well that year. Um, Mentally I was not doing well in October this year. So I read 12 books. You (laughs) you see a parallel there. Mm -hmm. Um, If I read... It's an insane amount of books. You just know that something's very wrong You're with not the girl. Doing well, okay, <laughs> not at Good all. She's just hanging on. Um, but technically, the goal is always to reach a hundred because ninety nine is what I've set so far. So we need That's to do more because more is always insane. better, right? Anyway, I have um, forty seven so far this year Mm -hmm. so that means you've been doing really well mentally i'm proud of you except for october (laughs) yeah well no it's been a good year yeah no there's been worse for sure there are always low points yeah it it can't be great all the time no it has been a fun year an exhausting one but a fun one for sure um so yeah is my goal to read more than last year which will be 66 books i doubt it because that's still a lot though. that is still a lot that be quick math too many <laughs> 19 books i'd have to have a huge depressive episode in the summer <laughs> to read 19 not doing books that. No, no, it's not that is happen. not the, that is not the goal so no so maybe i'll just join you with your 50 books so that will mean i have to read three more yeah, well, maybe you'll have to read a couple more because we're, I mean, I'm also, we're also joining a readathon. Yeah, and a hefty one. Yeah, well, um, it is the Reindeer Readathon um, by. Good I know question. His, I know his YouTube is um, Break Even Books, but I have forgotten his name. Sorry. Books. the thing is i don't follow like i i don't know who he is um i've stumbled upon this readathon through the roomies digest yes which is here. a really awesome youtube channel of two roommates uh two american roommates um just being themselves and reading and it's really really good go check it out i love them um and they are like a team leader there's five teams in the readathon, mm-hmm. and they lead one. I'm trying to find out what his name is, the one who Where's started him? it all, but I have no clue. Um, Eric. So, his name is Eric. Okay. Sorry, Shout out Eric. to Eric. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For us not being prepared. But yes. Um, so we both watch uh, the videos of the Rumi's Digest. Yes which is Christine and Monique. Yep. They're really fun. And the Reindeer Readathon works that you apply mm-hmm. to take part in the Readathon and then you get put in one of the teams. And Ellen and I both got put into the team of Monique and Christine, like the people we know and follow yeah. who participate and lead the Readathon. So that was really, really fun. Um, so yeah, we're going to do that. And there's... In the entire month of December, mm-hmm. and they have a bunch of prompts 
too many, but you know. For those of you who don't know how a readathon works, it's like a marathon, but you read because we don't run. Yep. Exactly Why would we that. run? <laughs> um, and the goal is to read as many books as possible, basically. Yes. But you, we have prompts, so we don't just randomly read books, but we try to read books that um, fit certain fit a certain theme yeah. or fulfill a certain criteria. Um, Usually there's like a sort of bingo board and you try to get a bingo um, on the board. But this time it's a competition. Yes, because we have different teams, right? So we want our team to win. And you, with every prompt you fulfill, you gather points for your team. Yes. And, oh, I found the prompts. So we Yes, can... Christine and Mo are just going hard. So um, we have to put our competitive hats on yes yes we cannot disappoint because then they won't like us exactly and <laughs> we want them to like us. so there's there's a bunch of different prompts like for instance um you have all of the reindeer oh yeah you have all of the reindeer from santa mm -hmm. like dasher dancer prancer vixen comet cupid donner blitzen and rudolph yes and for each reindeer there's a prompt for instance, for Vixen, there's um, read a book you want to read, uh, but you think it might be overhyped. There's a bunch. Um, Dasher prompt is finish a series or pick up a book that you started and put down. And then there's one where you like, you should read a book that is over 500 pages, blah, blah, blah. And then if you complete all the prompts, there's extras. That you, you can also add. And then there's the sleigh. I think you can do the extras, whether you do all of the reindeer or not. Yeah, you can do the extras. And if you do if you just all want to. of the prompts. But like once you've done them. all the prompts, and only if you've done all the prompts, uh -huh. you can go for the sleighing it. Yeah. Which is... You can choose one of the prompts. Yeah, you can just like redo one double. of the prompts and you yeah. get like 50 points, which is a lot for the team. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's one, two, three, four, Too five, many. six, seven, eight, nine fucking reindeers, um, plus extras, three extras. So that will be 12 books that you need to read before you get before to you the extra sleigh. So, and one of them is over 500 pages. I mean, yeah, what the hell? How depressed you know, can I be in December? Um, it's 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 December. I mean, I have the last week off, but other than that, I'm quite busy. So, uh, oh, I definitely, December I always goes by lot, so though. fast too. Yeah, that's true. But I've been reading more now. I feel like I've, or more than I've been reading all year. I normally like fly through books when I'm away on holiday. And I had that a little bit this year, like this summer, but not as not as much as other years. So it's only now, like after reading Into the Wild and The Parable of the Sower, um, like I'm now reading Legends and Lattes. You may have heard of it. Um, like I'm really getting into the reading groove. Thing. I, I really hope I will find my groove um, until September because I've had the flu for the last two weeks and 
I read nothing. Like I started about 15 different books and put them down again mm-hmm. and got absolutely nowhere. Um, right now I restarted the Priory of the Orange Tree, which is probably a very stupid idea, especially if I want to start with the readathon in December and try to fulfill all these prompts. Um, just for clarity, Priory of the Orange Tree is a high fantasy Mm-hmm. And it's over 800 pages. Well, if you read 300 in November and you read the other 500 in December, does that still count? I think it does. I mean, it will count for the prompt of pick up a book that you started but didn't finish. Well, but you've read more than 500 pages. So yeah, that's true. So it that could one. be the other one as well. Yeah, but yeah. We will make know. our TBRs. Maybe we'll even make like an, an extra episode of the podcast where we discuss our TBRs. That would be fun. That would be fun. We should do that. I have You started with your TBR. I, I saw. Started, yeah. I got a sneak peek. It's a um, very tentative one, though. I have it's not yet started. Going to change. Um, but I have had some ideas because I think one of them is one of the prompts is read a book where the cover is ugly. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh book with an ugly cover yeah yeah and I have one that is definitely going to be the one I read because I was at the bookstore the other day and I turned around and lo and behold there was a new translated book by Sayaka Murata that I had not on the radar that it was coming and it is short stories by her I love her and I love short stories so that was awesome um I immediately bought it and the ugly uh, the ugly the cover you cannot imagine the cover is disgusting. It is bright orange, which no book should really be bright orange to begin yeah. with. But it is bright orange and then it has an eye on it, like an eyeball. Nice. Not lit eyelids or lashes or anything, just an eyeball. <laughs> and it looks kind of wet. Uh... And it's just... The contrast of the eye to the bright orange, it's just, it's so ugly. It's like, it could also be a cover for The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, maybe. Because The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is an expert on making ugly covers. That's true. There's My only cover is very ugly. One, I think, the newest editions of like every story separately. There may be two mm-hmm. editions that I know of that are cute, that are pretty. Well, and all the, the rest are just Guide, disgusting. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is on my tentative TBR. If it's going to stay on there, as what we'll though? have to see. And you will also probably in what see in too. what in what um like as which prompt do you have it on your TBR? Uh, the celestial mm, word in the title. Okay. Because I couldn't find anything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, galaxy. Yes, um, that's that's, that's celestial, for sure. <laughs> yeah. The, are you going to read the just the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy yes, or yes, the whole the collection? Okay. Hey, I've got to read 13 books. Exactly. I was just going to say, because that would be also the over 500 pages book, because those are yeah. all together. No, I have another one. I've been thinking books. about um, maybe reading Giving Becky Chambers another shot and reading uh, a long way to a small angry planet because planets guess what are celestial ah. 
smart. Ooh, right. I have her on my TBR too. But uh, I don't want to give everything away. Um, the people have to I come back. Yeah, people come back. Don't leave us. I know which one though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to we're going to end it here. Leave it at that. Or we're we just going to keep talking we, forever. We've, we've been thinking of ending things. <laughs> yeah. But um <laughs> for a while now. <laughs> um, um thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We're not promising anything as We're trying though. Yeah. Like we're going to be back There's hopefully sooner be... than in 3 months. Yeah, but there's not going to be like a regular schedule or anything. Like No, we don't, don't do organized things. No. Uh, no. But you will hear from us again soon because we do want to share our read-a-ton TV. We are going to slay those reindeers. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you'll so. see all of the 13 books we read. If we actually read 13 books, I think someone should give us a gold star. Oh, one gold star? Like, Yeah. A sticky one so we can have it in the middle of our forehead and walk around. And everybody who asks, why do you have a gold star on your forehead? You go like, bitch, I read 13 books. What did you do this In month? a month. Yeah. And then they go like, oh, I had family dinners, whatever, whatever. I was oh, a social creature. And I'm like, read. whatever. You do nothing else. I, no. <laughs> no. See, I didn't even do my dishes. I didn't so we're, either. We're that kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> now at last the truth comes out. <laughs> She's a fraud, ladies and gentlemen. Oh no. Oh no. I've been discovered. Yeah. No, we're really ending it now though. Yes. Yeah, it's not going to yeah. get any smarter. Okay. All right. No. Um we'll hope to hear from you soon or the other way around. Um join the readathon if you want to. Uh we're going to put the link to the readathon in the little description yes give me more work you're welcome uh, because it. ellen is the technical <laughs> assistant and i'm just uh, the genius of with the content obviously okay. um yeah but join the readathon please tell us if you are team nutcracker which i, I know i know ugly but, but it's still, our team so yeah. but it's our team so it's that the winning cool. team and we're awesome um yeah Team Nutcracker, all the way. Uh, let us know if you join. Please join. Help us make it through December. And yeah, you'll hear from us soon. Bye.